0: Come in in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And we would like for the enemy to know that he's not welcome here today. Amen. Amen? Amen. Well, he's trying some things, but God has it. I hope you were blessed during these 10 days of prayer. Amen. Amen. And if you were not able to participate, I would like to encourage you, please, if you could. Go back to the website, 10 Days of Prayer, and just, just read the testimonies, only the testimonies. You don't have to even go to the rest of the program, but read those testimonies of how the Holy Spirit has worked in people's lives, pastors' lives, pastor who never prayed, but now the Spirit has taught them how to pray, to let prayer be number one in their lives. Amen? So today is the 10th, uh, well, today is, yesterday was the 10th day. And the General Conference has this format of what the worship service is, is to be like. And that's what we copied uh, this week. And also, you know, weeks ago I knew that I was supposed to uh, close out with a, with a message. And I prepared it all together. But the Holy Spirit says, no way, this is not what you need to do. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it awesome? Awesome. Oh, the Holy Spirit works in many ways. And we've learned a lot this week about how he works. Amen? We've also learned that, uh, please help me, 1 Timothy 2.1 says that praying is the best thing you can ever do. Did you hear that? You know, it's the most important. That's the word. That's the most important thing that you and I can do is what? Pray. Pray. So if you go to the Lord in prayer and you don't know what to say, we go back to Romans, uh, Brother uh, Gutierrez, 8 verse 26. Is it 8 verse 26? That this, yes, the Spirit comes. When he sees that we're struggling in prayer, he, he comes with moaning. And groaning to get our our thoughts and our prayers up to the... Friends, we have power on our hand. Amen? So today, we want to celebrate. If you take your bulletin out, you will see that the very top of our program says celebration of praise. And celebration of praise doesn't mean that we are quiet, friends. Celebration of praise means that we are praising God. Amen? Amen? So today, before we begin, I would like for us to sing this little chorus with me. God is so good. Let's go.
1: God is so. Sing it, friends, like you mean it. God is so.
2: God
1: is so. He's so. Sing it again friends God is so good God is Yes he is God is so God is so good He's so good to Sing it again friends God is so good God is Yes, he is good. God is good. God is so he's so good to me, Father in Heaven.
0: We thank you for your goodness and your graciousness, your patience toward us. We thank you that today you are in this place. And I thank you, Lord, that you will put me aside. Only my voice will come out. But it's going to be what it is you want me to say to your people, to encourage them. Lord, I beg you, stand by me. You see how the enemy is working. But we know that he's been defeated over and over and over again. And we want to just tell you this morning that you are so good. You're good to us. So I thank you that you're here. And you're going to keep your people abreast to be awakened if sluggishness or sleepiness come by. Lord, may the Holy Spirit nudge them that they will listen to your voice today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayers that change the world is the title. And I would like for you to know I am not taking credit for this because it was written by a lady by the name of Tamara Horst. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants me to present today. She is head of the women's ministry department in Pennsylvania. Amen. Her name is mentioned only 11 times in scripture. Her story is confined to a chapter and a half before she fades back into her ordinary life. Yet, her one recorded prayer changed a nation. She was an unlikely candidate for a world-changing prayer warrior, in part because she was a woman in a time when women lived quietly in the background going about their daily lives, tending to the needs of their families, birthing babies, caring for homes, cooking meals, gathering around the well to talk and fill water jugs at the start of each day. But those mornings at the well revealed another reason why most people wouldn't have chosen her to pray the prayer that changed the world or the nation. People saw her as a sinner. They treated her like an outcast, not because of anything she had done, but because of something she hadn't done, couldn't do. May you open your Bibles, please, to First Samuel chapter 1. First Samuel chapter 1. Thank you, Miss Michelle. Thank you, brother, for telling the children's story as well. First Samuel 1 verse 2 shares simply, Hannah had no children. In a world where a woman's value was measured by the number of sons she gave her husband, Hannah was barren. Her infertility was seen as a punishment from God. As she trugged past the stalls at the market, drew the day's water at the well and headed to synagogue on Sabbath. Hannah knew the way people looked at her, heard the whispering, noticed the turning away. Her heart ached when former friends no longer looked her in the eye or spoke to her. The loneliness enveloped her like a blanket. And what if it was true? What if God was punishing her? What had she done? She had tried so hard to live right. She had prayed, but God was silent. She wondered if he too had turned away from her and didn't want anything to do with her. Guilt and shame filled her heart. But nothing was as painful as that first night, the night her husband brought home a new young wife, Peniah. Overwhelming grief and tears flooded Hannah's heart as she lay alone for the first time knowing her husband lay in what had been their, sa- their shared bed with another woman. As Paniah's body grew large, Paniah's body grew large with the much longed for child, Hannah experienced a new level of shame. Why not her? What had, God, what had she done to deserve this barrenness? Why didn't God give her a baby to call her own? But he remained silent her friends remained distant, and her husband created a family with his second wife. Penaya's family grew as more sons and daughters were born, but something else grew in Panaya's heart, her own heartache. What had she done to deserve the barrenness? Sorry. While God had blessed her with children, that's Paniah, she was missing the one thing she wanted most, her husband's love. Amen. The author of 1 Samuel shares the sad battle of those two women simply. And whatever the time came, whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Paniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. First Samuel one, four and five. Hannah longed for a child. Paniah had sons and daughters. Paniah longed for her husband's love, but he loved Hannah. The pain and grief created a rivalry between the two women sharing a house and husband. And Hannah's rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. The Bible calls them rivals and reveals that Paniah purposely hurt Hannah in the deepest wound of her heart, her barrenness. Sadly, the most painful moments between the two were experienced during their trips to the temple in Shiloh to worship God. So it was year by year when Hannah went up to the house of the Lord that Paniah provoked her, verse seven. A time for worship and celebration, visiting with family and friends from afar became one of the most painful times of the year. Year after year, instead of worship, Hannah wept. Tucked in the middle of their story, the author of Samuel offers what may seem to be an out of place piece of information. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord were there. Why mention them in the middle of a story about two hurting women battling for the, their heart's desire? This little tidbit offers a glimpse into a bigger story happening. Hophni and Phineas were the priests of the temple. Spiritual leaders guiding the Israelites to worship, know and connect with God. There was just one problem in verse 12, it says, now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. The priests didn't know God, nor did they care to know him or serve him. They would not obey God's commands about sacrifice and would force people to disobey. They slept with women who came to the temple. Their father, Eli, knew he tried talking to them. You, He knew, and he tried talking to them. You make the Lord's people transgress, verse 24. But they refused to listen to him, and Eli refused to do anything about it. Their sin impacted the nation and the church, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There were no widespread revelation, 1 Samuel 3, 1. God wasn't speaking to his people corporately. People weren't studying and growing. The lamp of God representing the Holy Spirit was growing dim in the tabernacle, verse three. A reminder that the Holy Spirit was slowly pulling away from a people who were, long, who were no longer listening. One of my favorite pastors, Walter Pearson, he has a, a message on bad boys, these two boys. Please, if you, when you go home today, it's on YouTube. Just, just listen, because this is not telling all what these sons did as priests in the temple of God. Hannah was hurting. The church was dying, but God was watching. Her heart so broken she could no longer eat. In verse 7, Hannah finally took her pain to God. Leaving her family behind, she headed to church. With pain so great she could only weep and pray in her heart, she pours out her heart honestly and completely to God. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Verse 10, she promises God that if he would hear her prayers and answer, she would give her son completely back to him surrendering her hopes and dreams to God. Eli passes through the tabernacle as Hannah prays. It's been so long, friends listen to this, it's been so long since he has seen anyone truly worship God honestly and with all their heart that he assumes she must be drunk. Most others are, he reprimands her but that doesn't deter her from her mission. No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Verse 15 through 16. She is hurting in pain, grieving, but she's given it all to God. Honestly, completely expecting him to answer. That is something we need to think about. When we give God our hurts and our pains, we must completely trust him to answer. Amen? Amen. Verse 17 says, go in peace. That's what Eli said. And the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. Even though Eli has not seen true worship in a long time, God's presence was still with him that he could have said, Go in peace. Whatever you're requested, God is going to answer it. Hannah believes Eli's words. She gets up, goes home, trusts that God will show up. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Verse 18. She believes no more reason to grieve or worry or be sad. God will answer. Amen? Amen. We don't know how long it takes. The Bible simply says, in the process of time, verse 20, Hannah conceives and a son is born. His very name revealing that this child is a gift from the one who listens to prayers heard by God. All the years of waiting and hoping and longing as son. Many of us may have held on to that child and not let him out of our sight. Why? Because we know what's going on in the temple. Amen? But Hannah had promised God, made a promise, committed her son to serve in God all his life. So when he is weaned, she takes him to Shiloh and leaves him with Eli this father who didn't know how to discipline his own children but she made a promise and she's going to keep that promise she surrenders the very thing she wanted more than anything else and believes that God will use him for his service and glory and he does he calls out to the young boy And so begins a friendship that changes the Israelite nation. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Hallelujah. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord, 1st Samuel 3, 19 through 21. God again speaks to his people. There's a revival going on here. Yes, he reveals himself, he guides and directs his people. The result of an unlikely world-changing prayer warrior. So what does Hannah's story teach us about praying and changing our world? Some suggestions are made. First, we must fast and pray. There are things we care about so deeply that it drives us to fast and pray. True? For Hannah, it was the pain of not having a child. Question is asked, what in our lives creates such an ache that we are moved to pray and fast? Our children, family and friends who do not know God, sin or addiction of which we long to be rid of? Challenges that leave us discouraged and distracted from the life and work God calls us? Cooperately as a church family, what drives us to pray and fast together? Our families, missing members, neighbors and those in our community living without Christ and the hope, peace and joy he brings? Are we driven to fast and pray for the salvation and growing relationship with God of those he loves? Are there challenges within the church that need to be prayed about and addressed? We should hear either a moan or we should, uh, oh, I should have heard yes. Let me read it again. Are there challenges within the church that need to be prayed about and addressed? Get real, the suggestion says. We pray together as a church every week. We pray for God's people or people's needs, health, jobs, and finances. We pray for our church service and speakers. These are all important, but are they the deep longings on our heart? Hannah prayed beyond the typical prayer request to what was deep in her heart hurts, bitterness, grief, as well as her hopes and dreams. Hannah's example of prayer reveals our need to go deeper and really pray what's deep in our hearts. Are there hurts and division within the church for which we need to pray? Do we need to pray for forgiveness? Do we need to pray for healing? Do we need to pray for courage? What are the goals, visions, dreams of our church? Are we really praying for these every week on our bulletin? We see the, the, the focus, our mission, our vision. Do we just look, look it over? It's another bulletin day. Are we praying that people's hearts will be turned through our effort? What breaks our hearts as individuals? for which we can pray together as a family, who are missing on Sabbath morning? Commit it all to God. Hannah asked for the deep desires of her heart, but immediately promised to give it all back to him, trusting him to fulfill his plan. She could have prayed and asked God for a child and then clung tightly to him, because, but she prayerfully committed to allowing God to take her dream and use it the way he saw best. Amen. We can take our hopes or dreams or visions and goals for people, the church, or ministries, and commit them to God, asking him to do as he desires. Not my will, Lord, but thine be done. Then we must expect God to answer. When Eli spoke. Hannah listened because she believed God would hear her prayer and respond. Are we praying, expecting God to really hear us and answer? I'm reading it again. Are we praying, expecting God to really hear an answer? Or, Or are we just hoping that he hears and answers? We need to confess our doubt and ask God to deepen our belief and trust. Claim promises that remind us he hears and answers. Thank him in advance for what he's doing, even when we don't see anything happening, trusting him to move in the way he knows our best. After Eli told Hannah, go and may God grant your request. If you go to chapter three, two, Hannah, praise God. It's a long prayer of praise in there. You could read that sometime. Oh, boy, and stop crying. Maybe we aren't actually crying like Hannah, but too often we walk away from our prayer time. Oh, help us, Lord Jesus, still worrying and trying to figure out the people, needs, plans, and circumstances we've just given to God. Do we continue to worry and struggle? Or are we living in peace and belief that God is already at work and will complete it? We just had an awesome lesson study. And Daniel and his friends, when they presented the problem to the Lord, Spirit of Prophecy said they went to sleep. They weren't sitting up wondering if God is going to answer. They went to sleep. Hannah walked away, and her face was no longer sad. She believed God heard her and would answer, so she let it all and left it with Him. Every time we find ourselves worrying or agonizing over and what we've given to God, we need to give it to Him again, give it to Him again, friends, claiming His promises and reminding ourselves that he is working by thanking him for doing that very thing. Now I'm speaking to you, but I'm speak- it's, it spoke to me first, okay? It says, wait and work. Hannah's prayer will answer it in the process of time. While she waited patiently, expecting God to answer, she just didn't sit there. She did her part in enabling the answer to happen. How can we be part of the answer? How can we reveal God and His grace, love and mercy to those for whom we are praying? Are there battles we've asked Him to take? Sin we've asked Him to forgive and enable us to overcome? Are we doing our part? Walking away, saying, "Create, create, uh, say knowing, say no, creating new behaviors." Have we asked God what He desires us to do? And then, as Hannah did, as Hannah takes Samuel to the house of the Lord, she praises God. This is when he was weaned, and now he's taking him to this house of worship. And imagine, though, I'm thinking, even though things weren't going so well in the temple, but people were dedicated every time to go up to Shiloh, to worship. May I pause here to say, friends, it doesn't matter if two or three are in this church. Amen. Come to worship. Amen. Come up to the house of God. Amen. You know, nobody here is, is the ultimate leader. Amen. No one. Jesus Christ is our leader. Amen. We have heard this week, we've read how the Holy Spirit is just waiting waiting to persevere with us in prayer. And I have also learned that you can't go to, don't get on your knees asking the Lord, asking dear Jesus, this, this, the other. You can't go to Jesus unless you go through the Holy Spirit. Because when he was leaving, he sent him to be his representative here. So you have to go through the Holy Spirit first. You know, I have learned so much this week. Because so many times in my prayers, I have mentioned the Holy Spirit. But he has taught me this 10 days. You better get him involved in your life. Everything. Even little things like texting a message. You be careful what you text. Because if your Holy Spirit is not with it, it will not go well. Everything, friends. I mean everything. Even as, as, as... Simple as, you know, I'm going to to visit Molly. And the spirit said to me, go back and take her package and her mails. And I said, oh, I don't think I'm going to go by there. I, I wasn't intended to go there. And then where did I end up? Molly's house. And so I had to say, forgive me, Holy Spirit, for not listening to you. Because that would have saved them a trip having to come to the house to pick up those. It's just anything, friends. Anything, we need to seek him. Amen? Amen? It says, no one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. First Samuel 2, 1 through 2. We need to take time to praise and thank God for how he has answered and all he has done for who he is. Not because he needs our praise and thanksgiving, but because of what he does in our hearts and minds. When you praise God, don't you, don't you feel all pumped up to go witness? No? When you are in prayer and praise, don't you... Here's my prayer. Lord, help me when I get out of my house that I will be so empowered by your spirit that whoever I make contact with... Because you know every morning we need to ask the Lord to lead us to someone. Amen. That's our mission. Amen? Amen? doesn't matter where they are. If the, in 99-cent store or in Tom Thumb or Aldi or Winco or, or or school or on the job, we need to be witnesses. Amen? Amen. Okay. So he says, we need to take time to praise and thank God for how He has answered. And all he has done for who he is. Not because he needs our praise and thanksgiving, but because of what he does in our hearts and minds. The way it changes us and reminds us of who God is and how he loves, cares, and provides, giving us courage and strength for the next battle. Do you have battles? Yeah. You, do you have battles? Yeah. Yes, I had one this morning before I came. Because I know the enemy didn't want me to come up here today. But it's okay. It tells me that, you know, there is a God who stands by you, who stands with you when you are in him, when you are in Jesus. He cannot, he cannot overcome you. He cannot. But you have to stick with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We too, in the conclusion, can pray world-changing prayers. They may not change the entire world, but will change the world around us or even just the world of one person, one person, friends, for eternity. And that one person changes the life of another and a ripple effect begins. We may not even realize the impact of our prayers or all God does as a result of them, this side of eternity, but one day, One day soon, one day soon, one day soon Jesus will take us home, amen? Amen. And we will begin to hear the stories of how God used the prayers and faith of ordinary people like Hannah, like you, like me, to change the world for him. Amen? 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 So my admonition to us this morning, take the advice from 1 Timothy two one. praying is the most important thing we can do. Our jobs are important, our families are important, but we need to pray more. We don't know how to pray, then we need to ask the Holy Spirit, who already with groaning and moaning, wanting to intercede on our behalf, amen? just pray just pray and if you don't say anything just kneel and just pray amen just say and if you can't say anything just let the holy spirit take over and there are some some uh tips that we would like to share that every day let us pray god's word amen that's what jesus did Let us find a home, a place in our home where we can be alone with God. Amen? We must also pray with enthusiasm. Don't go to Jesus, you know, as if we're not sure he can do things for us. Go to him with confidence. Pray for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Pray in accordance with God's word. Pray in accordance to his will. Pray in faith. Visualize God answering your prayer. Pray on life's critical crosswords. And these are admonition from our chaplain, Barry Black. That's what he says and how he said we should pray, pray. So friends, I hope that you were blessed through the reading of this, just the enlightening of this verse that we've read over and over and over. And now we are going to Listen to a song from CC Wynon. I can do. Finish the sentence. I can do. I can do. Through Christ, too. Pray church. time on the program that was um given to us that we need to have testimony Amen. testimony time of what god did for you during these 10 days how the holy spirit work in your life and friends it says at the top of the, the program celebration of praise please don't grieve the spirit by just sitting because every single Every single person in this, even the children, they were empowered by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking you, I'm going to go down and sit there, and you stay where you want to be. If you want to come up here where the Spirit leads you, please let's share our blessings with others. Who will be the first? Brother Gonzalez.
3: Going
2: down. Hello, church. Uh, I'm here because of the feeling of the Holy Spirit. It's not on my own. Uh, I did the 10 day of uh, prayer, but also it says there, there's also fasting. Uh, I did the Daniel fast, which is vegetables and. I cheated a little bit, but basically I I followed it. And what's significant was, he said, you can also fast for the things that you do regularly. For me, I'm a big Cowboys fan. I'm a big Mavericks fan, and I I read stuff every day. I, I think I spend more time reading those and listening to ESPN and watching ESPN than reading the Word. So what I did is, Lord... I asked the Holy Spirit to help me for 10 days. It was, it was, it was difficult at first, but uh, I did it with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I, I suggest to you that you uh, do the Google on the 10 days of uh, prayer 2020. And uh, read it and, and try see if, if you can follow it because it, it made a change in me. And if I can do it in 10 days, that means I can do, maybe, do it again. And uh, uh, the result is, and also I learned so much about the Holy Spirit. I learned, because I, I pray for the Holy Spirit, but not so much. Now I learned to, every day, to pray for the baptism and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And like Sister said, the Holy Spirit, if you don't know how to pray, ask the Holy Spirit. To, to help you pray, and He groans for you. And that's significant. That He he really wants me to be closer to God. And, and uh, Jesus said that He's going away, but I will leave you a comforter. So please follow that. And if there's my, my, uh, my word for you, is if there's like something that is really, uh, big in your life that you can't get rid of you have 10 days and just to follow the format and read it because there's a lot you will learn about the holy spirit and like sister said uh, now i'm praying i learn more and more about the holy spirit and I'm, i'm praying for the baptism of the holy spirit and 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 for me that is the key thank you so much god bless
4: Happy Sabbath, good morning. I, um, this past uh, 10 days, anyway, I got the information from the conference and Sister Ilten sent out every day also, but I get the full, I wish you guys could get the full, um, the full program. It is very enlightening and a lot of testimony that just change you and let you wanna you see yourself uh, you know, it's just amazing to see. If we just go on the conference, we will see the, the website and see all the, the full stuff that we need to do. But anyway, what I did, I didn't do all day that what he did. I, from the night before until 12 o'clock, I, um, I fast and I don't watch any TV, nothing. And, um, And I'm a person. I'm not, I'm not afraid to give somebody a track. I'll go to anybody. I'll talk to anyone. I'm not afraid of talking to anyone. maybe it's a gift God gave me, you know, but it's kind of weird. If I'm on the phone, I don't talk long. I want to get off. But in person, I will talk forever. You people know me anyway. You know, that love to talk like that. But anyway, I want to say from the other day, I'm realizing I'm not doing it. I'm not giving up my tracks. You know, and this week, last week from last week, I'm thinking and I'm praying the Holy Spirit. I always pray to the Holy Spirit to help me to get braver. You know, I'm brave, but I don't know what I'm, I'm just slacking off. And uh, this week uh, I gonna take my trucks cause I always have a lot of trucks in my bag uh, to give out people. Sometimes they're old, but I just still do it. And I pass it out. Uh, I was in the bus and I started giving out to people. And then yesterday when i went to work i went on the bus and and the holy spirit told me give that to this driver and i was just sitting there you know and i was like uh, oh, you know you don't want to do it because most of the time you don't want people to say no but all the holy spirit tell me it doesn't matter if they say no just do it you know don't care we are we too proud and we're ashamed if somebody don't accept what we're giving them we don't accept god sometimes when he tells us to do self So we don't, don't be like that. Just do it. You ask all the spirit is strengthening and then you do it. So I do it. I just take out the two, I take out two and I gave it to the the driver. He wasn't the driver, but he was going to take over the driving from the other driver and I asked him, may I offer you these? And he took it. He said, yes, I'm going, you know, and he's going to read it. And he was so interested when I get in home, he was the one driving the bus (laughs) and he, uh, he saw me and he was, you know, say hello and stuff like I'm saying, I'm going to read, you know, he was just still encouraging me, thanking you and he was going to read it and so st- I just prayed that if he don't even read it, he give it to someone else or put it somewhere let somebody else get it to know about God, but I just want to say the Holy Spirit is real and if we ask him, he will let us, he will just, uh, he will just make a way, but sometimes we're just afraid or too proud or something, I'm just telling you, just do it. As they're going out today to give out those invitations, please make some time to go and give it out. If, I, if I'm finishing time, I'll go out with you guys or just take mine and just give it out by myself. I just want to thank the Lord for this opportunity to, to just praise him. Mm.
0: Testimonies. Well, I like to share mine before, I, before Brother Small comes up and does the prayer for the, the youth and children in our church. It's a prayer and it's also a confession. Last Sabbath when I on my, was on my way here, someone just, you know, beckoned to me on my way that you need to be careful your tire is flat. And, um, and I didn't know, I didn't know that the tire was down, but anyway, I I was at Broadway, so I drove on up and of course it was very noticeable, but after church, brother Marlon went and got air in the tire and, you know, I had to make a confession and yet I was really glad I did because I thought, well, Maybe the tire is gonna go down tonight. I'm, I'm by myself. Maybe if, what happens if I need to do this? Lack of faith. Just lack of faith in that department, that particular Sabbath. I'm going home and I'm saying, oh, and then Firestone would be closed the next day, Sunday. So I'd have to wait until Monday. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you how God is. I had to wait until Monday. Even so, because they couldn't find the lock for my, for my tire. So I, so they could take it off to, to get my tire fixed. But I went to Firestone on my way from church. Now I'm not telling you that you need to break the Sabbath friends. I'm just telling you, I had to confess because to me then it was just lack of faith and I went to Firestone sat in the lounge area and I'm doing my little reading there and there was a little boy, 10 years old and he looked so bored he was just so bored. So I asked him, um, you, you know, you look so bored. What are you doing? He's making paper planes. I said, get you a blam sheet of paper and come over here to me. I have a pen. Now I'm going to give you a, a, a quiz and this is going to be on, uh, or oh, he told me he was in the fourth grade. So I'm going to give you a quiz on fourth grade spelling. And I gave this young 10-year-old boy a quiz on fourth grade spelling words. Not even one he got right. And it hurt my heart so much that a child who is 10 years old don't even know how to put syllables and put the, cons- put the syllables with the consonants. And how ma- I just, I couldn't, I just, I meant the vowels. He couldn't do that to come to make the spelling real. When I started giving him good advice, I said, you know, they're doing, uh, they're in the schools now because there's computer and because you have iPads and iPhone, everything is spell check. So they don't allow you to, 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 to learn to spell anymore. And then his father came in. I didn't know it was his father. I said, is this your son? He said, yes. I said, well, I'm having a conversation here. And I asked the little boy, would you like for me to tutor you? Oh, he said, yes, ma'am. And then the father told me that he's there every Sabbath. They live way across town, Frankfurt, whatever, over there. But they're here on Sabbaths only. That's when he, because uh, their school is out and he takes him with him to, 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 the, to the job site. So I asked him, would you mind if I were to tutor your son? And I went home. He said, no, no, I wouldn't mind at all. So I went home and I was thinking, how am I going to do this? How is this going to be possible? And the Holy Spirit said to me, go back down there. Ask him if he would mind. I know it's risky. Would he mind if I were to take his son to church with me on Saturdays? I said, that's where I am on Saturdays. Oh, he said, no, and I don't mind coming up to the church too. I said, well, you know, you're going to have to trust me here because I've never met you. This is the first time I've seen you, but I gave him my background information and what have you. And so he was so excited because this son, oh, he needs help, friends. He just, he just needs so much help. And that's the prompt. So I'm going back to going down there, which was on the Sabbath. But you know what? God must have pointed me to go there so I'll be able to help this little boy. What do you say? What is the Sabbath for? To do good. Amen. Now I'm not saying that you need to cut out your business to go because it turned out that I had to wait that tire. It stayed firm until Monday when I went to get my God is awesome and I'm just saying You know, when you're prompted to do good, take the Holy Spirit on the offer because you're never going to be alone. Amen? Now, if there are no more testimonies, yes, there's one. Anyway, last night, when I was coming from Shannon, I said, I'm coming home and I'm going to search because I know it must be in the house. When I go through all the bags, but this one, I didn't go through it. Too many bags. When I opened (laughs) the bag, this ID was there look my my face and everything was looking on me and i said thank you lord because if you don't have a id in this country you don't have a chance and i have to say thanks be to god for what he has done for me amen brother small it is your turn
5: So I have a confession also that's going to lead into this prayer for youth ministries, children's ministry, and college students. So following the 10 days of prayer, every morning I get up and I want it to be that the first thing I do is drop to my knees beside the bed and ask God to send me his Holy Spirit. Because he says in his word that we don't have it because we're not asking. So I'm asking for the Holy Spirit. And I think I'm getting it. Because I work, at, uh, I work with middle school students and they're pretty rough at times. It's pretty challenging. And then Monday is going pretty well until I get to my... Largest class. And I get so frustrated that they're not listening, that they're giggling, that they're laughing, they're horse playing and, and all of this stuff to settle down. And it happened, and this has never happened in my career. So let me know that, hey, s- Small, you got to retire. You're soon to retire. I called a boy a name that I've never done before. And I'm thinking to myself, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm thinking, where did that come from? And then I started blaming the Holy Spirit. But hey, I need you to control me with these students. And it didn't happen. And I'm so frustrated. Now I gotta go through the administration. I gotta go through the parent. I gotta go through the child. And I'm thinking, Lord, what, what is this? This is new to me. And you know what? Later on that evening, when I was away from school and things calmed down, I was praying to the Lord again, Lord, I need your Holy Spirit because I cannot control myself. You have to control me. And I know that's the Spirit's word, or Spirit's job. And know what God told me? He says, first, you need love for those students. And I says, oh my goodness, really? And that was my answer, love for the students. So I said, Lord, I don't have love for the rough ones. I don't have love for the disobedient ones, the hard-headed ones. I, definitely, I don't have love for them. But the perfect kids that like love programming, they love computers and all like that, I love them. But God also told us we have to love our enemies, right? And some students are enemies at times. So, uh, so I'm praying for double now. The Holy Spirit to teach me how to love them. Let's pray. In Daniel 2, God, you told us that, through Daniel, that bendito sea nombre de Dios, por siglos y siglos. Blessed be the name of God forever. Because what? Because you, God, you have the power, you have the strength, You have might, God, you have knowledge, and I'm asking for knowledge to be given to the youth ministries so that they can carry on the work, so they can witness for you to that age group. Lord, I am praying for power for the children's ministries. The teachers there, they work so hard, Lord, and I can see that sometimes they get exhausted with the work, sometimes children can be time-consuming, they can be energy-draining, but Lord, give them the power, give them the stamina, give them the might to do their job, because we want to direct the little ones towards you, so that soon they also will be an integral part of the church as they grow up. Lord, I'm praying for knowledge for the teachers at the G. C-A-S. The volunteer ones and the regular one, the principal, Lord, empower her with knowledge how to lead those children, not only in man's knowledge, but in the knowledge especially of the God that she serves, the God that we serve, the God that the children are learning about to love. Give them the knowledge, Lord, and also I want to pray especially that you give them the strength and I'm to venture off and also pray for the school board because sometimes their meetings are very long and they have to go to work the next day. Give, a, give them the strength, Lord, to do your will at the school. Lord, I also want to pray for knowledge over the college students. Lord, we train them at this church, we train them at home, we train them in Sabbath school, and then they go off to college. Some of them go to state schools, and there they get the knowledge of the world, just like Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. They were trained in the philosophy, trained in the education, trained in the literature of Babylon, which worship pagan gods, Lord. But Daniel stood firm. I'm asking that these college students will stand firm, that they were purpose in their heart, Lord, that they won't sin against you, purpose in their heart, that they won't defile their minds and their body with the teachings of man, but they will uphold your word as it can, um, through their lives, that would be an integral part of their life, but not only that in their lives, but they will share it. Lord, I have witnessed that even though some of our uh, kids, some of our children, they go to Adventist schools, they go to church colleges, Lord, and they still lose their way. I'm praying that they also, even though they're surrounded by Christianity, even though they're surrounded by Adventism, even though your Holy Spirit is purposely at our schools, that they won't get lost because even there, there are elements that don't believe you that don't trust in you and don't acknowledge your love and your power. So keep our students away from those elements. May they be surrounded by praying students, by praying um, faculty, Lord, that will uplift them in all that they're going through in college, every aspect of their lives. And Lord, when all is said and done, we pray that your son will still contend with us leading us into eternal life, helping us to endure to the end, because he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this is our whole ultimate goal, Lord, and what you want from us from the time that Adam fell until Jesus Christ, until even now with the, with the ununified um, European nation, Lord, we know that we're in that time, that soon we're going to see that rock carved carved out of the mountain, okay, crashing these kingdoms down to dust, which which will be no more because your kingdom is everlasting, because you are everlasting, God. We praise you for being our God, for choosing us and dying for us, the gift of your Holy Spirit, the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Praise your name forevermore, and in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen.
6: Amen. Testimonies are a blessing. I I love the honesty. You know, sometimes you're just afraid to say what you're thinking. Thank you very much, Elder Small. That no, that was, I, I took that one to heart because there's some co-workers. Lord, help us. We have to love everyone. That That really struck home for me. Let us stand for our closing hymn. We're going to sing one verse of take my life and let it be consecrated lord to thee take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love let us sing take my life and let
7: As we close, I would like us to just reflect just a moment. And as we face this new year, 18 days have passed, and we have 12 months to go. But let's not make 2020 be Just another year. As the song said, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. If that is your desire this morning, I invite you to to raise your hand and say, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated to You. Help me to be firm in my faith in You. Not wavering be consecrated in everything that I do this year. As we bow our heads, Lord, we thank you for the promises of your word. We have seen you worked in so many ways. You're a God of miracles. There are people in this room this morning, in this congregation this morning, who can come up here and testify of how good you have been to them. Father, we thank you for your graciousness to us. Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. As we raise our hands to you today, Lord, help us to stay firmly planted in you, in your faith in you. As we go through the days of this year, help us to remain faithful. Help us to remain consecrated, Lord, to thee. So that everything that we do, everything that we say, will bring glory and honor to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.